Welcome to another great episode of the Grants Pass Gospel Rescue Mission Podcast. My name is Eric Mortensen, and in this episode, we'll be talking to current resident Asa Kronk. A few weeks back, we posted a seven-minute video featuring Asa telling his story. The video was based on a much longer conversation I had with him, and he had a lot of really great things to say that I just couldn't fit into the seven-minute video. So, I thought I would turn my interview with him into a longer podcast where he could tell his full story. So without further ado, here's Asa's story. All right, all right. All right, I'll have you introduce yourself and then tell me your life story. Okay. Uh, hi, my name's Asa uh, Kronk. I've been at the mission uh, seven months now. I was born in Idaho, uh, grew up a fairly rough life, uh, moved out of Idaho, and was basically ward of the state by the time I was 14. <clears throat> Once I was released on my own at 18, I moved out to Minnesota, where my grandparents lived. I uh, worked on the farm there for a while. From there, I moved to Wisconsin, where I worked for AT&T for uh, 12 years. had a good job. Um, things were going great. And it seemed like almost as quick as they got great, they went downhill. <laughs> um, lost my job at AT&T. Um, ended up moving back west uh, here to Oregon. I worked various jobs here while I was here, and <clears throat> nothing really ended up panning out as in to be full-time employment or didn't really graduate school, just got a GED and wound up just on the streets and needed somehow to get my life redirected. Because I knew I was too good, I had too much up here to uh, let it go to waste. So what was life like on the streets? Um, It was rough. Uh, Life on the streets is... um, it's a whole different breed. <clears throat> it's survival. Um, what was your typical day like? Typical day out there on the streets, I mean, honestly, it was doing whatever, whether flying a sign or selling jokes on the sidewalk or just panhandling, catching people on the way out of a, a restaurant or any way to get food. Um, any uh, free food was always good because the extra money went towards, you know, alcohol. Uh, it seemed to be a good way to handle being out on the streets, uh, to drink it away, you know. Whether you're cold, uh, just have a beer, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, making sure you had shelter, making sure Am I in the bush far enough that the cops can't see me when they drive past so that I don't get harassed? Um, and that's every night sleeping with one eye open, you know. I had a dog most of the time, so that was nice. She'd always wake me up if, if anybody was near me or <clears throat> coming into camp or whatever the case may be. Um, sleep with a weapon in your hand most every night. <laughs> um, there's no fun. It's really, it's, I mean, 
if you're not completely prepared, which can happen often if your stuff gets stolen or <clears throat> whatever the case may be, if you're not prepared for the weather, it can be really rough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you do what you have to do to get by. What landed you at the mission this most recent time? <laughs> I was living in a, a homeless camp down in Crescent City. Um, I had my car had gotten impounded. Um, initially, I'd been living in my car down there, <clears throat> or my vehicle. Um, it got in, impounded. It wasn't registered in my name. So I wasn't able to get any of my personal belongings out of it. Um, so I got kind of taken into this homeless camp and I stayed there for a while, months. Um, and I was at the end of my ropes to begin with, for like the, the struggle of being soaked and just getting too old for it hard to even get up and go walking around because my body hurt. I needed surgery on my back. So I was in a bad way. <clears throat> it was it uh, June, would have been June 3rd. Uh, I was out in the field going to the bathroom and out of nowhere, this huge guy came running at me, um, knocked me to the ground, put a one of those reusable Walmart bags in my mouth, put his hand over my face, and <clears throat> the whole time he's like, I'm gonna kill you. This is your day. And, and I couldn't breathe, but <laughs> I thought that, that was the end for me. Um, luckily, somebody from the camp had seen it. They came over and got him off of me. <clears throat> um, I went to the hospital from there. I'd gotten beaten pretty good. There was a few people that were involved with it. <clears throat> none that were from our camp, just random. Later we had heard that, uh, well I had heard while I was at the hospital that there was a group, a gang in the area that they were using as their initiation to go out and kill a homeless person. That's how they were to get into the gang. Um, like I said, I went to the hospital and I told them at the hospital down in Crescent City, I'm like, I, I can't, I cannot, I cannot do another day on the street. And I won't do another day on the street. And they're like, do we need to call psychiatric? Like, do we need to have a mental eval? Or are you thinking about killing yourself? And I'm it's just like, okay, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I will not do another night on the streets and whatever it takes. So they asked me, you know, what, if you were, if you were to have an ideal solution to your problem. Uh, like, if I could just get back to Grants Pass, I can check into the mission. I was there once before. I had good results. I mean, I got a decent job uh, last time when I left here. <coughs> um, COVID shut down the resort that I got a job at. So it kind of threw a monkey wrench in there. But I just told him at the hospital, you know, if I can get back to Grants Pass, I'll check into the mission. And I know the program, I know I can make it, and I can get back on it. I can get my mindset, get my sobriety, get my mindset straight. And it kind of hemmed and hot a little bit. The mental health worker's boss came in and talked to me a little bit, and she goes, well, 
We see this quite often where people are just trying to get a free ride back to their hometown. I'm like, technically Grants Pass isn't even my hometown. I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> um, so they got me a ticket up here through the point system, the point bus system. Uh, my first, I came back on a Saturday and I called when I was on the bus coming back and used somebody's phone on the bus and I'm like, I know you guys don't do check-ins on the weekend, but is there any way you'd make an exception? And they're like, no, we can't. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, another night on the streets. So it was raining. So I had a few dollars in my pocket and I went and bought myself a few beers, drank them down as quick as possible. I went down to the sobering center and I hit the button. I'm like, do you guys do self-check-ins by chance? And they're like, yeah, we don't get them very often, but yeah. And I'm like, can I, I'm, and so they let me in. Stayed the night there for Saturday night and then I slept right next to the, the fence out here between the fence and the railroad tracks out there by the women's side on Sunday night. And then I came here and checked in uh, Monday morning at nine o'clock. So that's how I wound up back here. I'd, I'd, I was at my wit's end. <laughs> what was it about the mission that drew you back here? Um, structure, um, the staff, that really clicked well with uh, Clyde when he was here. Brian, he Ken Emilio. <clears throat> I knew that as long as I followed the basic rules that some people seem to have a really hard time with. Not sure why, but uh, smoking, drinking, smoking pot. I didn't do drugs or like hard drugs or anything like that, but um, that was a pretty easy sacrifice for me at the point I was at of, I just, I couldn't, I, and I won't go back to the streets either. I knew that the mission would be a good support block for me, a good restart my foundation. Like Brian said, when he, Brian did my intake, intake and uh, <clears throat> he goes, well, I want you to take your time this time. Because last time I think I was only here for seven months or eight months, something like that. But the first opportunity that came across my path was the resort up in Ashland and it came with housing and I jumped right on it. Uh, so I told Brent, I'm like, I thought I did pretty good last time I was here. And he goes, yeah, but where are you sitting right now? And I'm like, with the mission. <laughs> he goes, so take your time, get, get your mindset, your health set, and uh, go through the whole program this time. So that's, and that's really what I was looking for, you know, to know that even if it takes me a year or two years or whatever, I, I can take my time and try to come get my relationship back with the man upstairs. Because I know that helps when you have that in your life. But um, So let's talk about that for a second. What has your relationship been like with the man upstairs throughout your life? When I was growing up, I did. I, I spent about half my childhood with my grandparents. Um, when I was with my grandparents, forced to go to church. It was an everyday Sunday thing. We did devotion in the morning. Before we even had breakfast, it was 
like I said, it was forced upon me. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I was a uh, obstinate child, but I still I went through it. Um, and I, I wouldn't say I developed the relationship with God at that point in my life, but I was familiar with the concept. Um, later in life, when I was in Wisconsin and I was working at AT&T, I was a regular, I went to church every Sunday, me and my girlfriend. We were part of small groups. I really started building a relationship with, with Jesus, and our life was phenomenal. Like, I don't know, we didn't, it's like things just fell into place. We were, everybody we knew pretty much went to the same church, and things were very good for us. Um, when my wife and I split, I kind of veered off in my own direction because she's the one that kind of got me to go to church and spend time in the Word. <clears throat> um, and, and then when I got homeless, I kind of chastised God. Why are you, if you, how come you're letting this happen to me? <laughs> um, the little time that I was here four years ago, I started to get that again. But it seemed like once I left, it was kind of like I needed to focus on doing things my way so that I could make sure that I'm taken care of. And I kind of set the Bible to the side and I wound up back here again. So I truly feel like when I told them down in Crescent City, but if I could just get back to the mission, my life would be all right. And it was kind of the same as saying, if I can get somebody to help me renew my relationship with the Lord, that my life would go back to the way it was when I was in Wisconsin. And I was following in his word and devouring his word regularly. So I guess I would, it was a good chunk of my life though that I wasn't, it wasn't a part of my life. It's, it's funny because now I find myself, <clears throat> like even when that last time I was here, I was like, oh, I gotta go chat. It's 6.45 again. Oh, it's 6.40, you know, and just kind of did it a lot, in the beginning anyways, because it was a rule. Um, this time I find myself looking forward to going to chapels and following along like uh, that church that I go to um, River Valley Church. Uh, and Aaron's been trying to get me to go over to Rex's church and the study that we're doing in John, we just got done with it. <clears throat> I was like, as soon as that study is over, as soon as that study is over. So I've, uh, and for me to be like that, to where like, no, I gotta, I gotta finish this study before I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. That, it, it's a daily part of my life now and I enjoy it this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm happy. Yeah. So let's talk about your teeth. What teeth? <laughs> <laughs> when Brian did my intake, he, uh, we talked. He said, well, what did, what did you do at AT&T? And I told him I was in sales and I was, I was really good at what I did. He goes, so 
would you go back into sales? And I said, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, when I came in, I looked pretty rough. And my teeth were in the truck when I got impounded. I'd, I'd had dentures before. Not for very long, but I wasn't able to get those out of the truck either. But <clears throat> Brian asked me, he goes, uh, let's pretend you're the boss and, and, and you're Asa. Or, or no, he said, let's pretend that you're the boss, but you're also Asa. Would you hire Asa right now? And I'm like, mm, no, not the way I look. And I had my beard down to here and rough looking and no teeth. And he goes, uh, so you'd say that appearance is important in a sense. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hire me. <laughs> So he made me a deal. He said, if you, if you take the program slow and you do well again this time, that we, the mission will help you, help you get your teeth. And I was like, what? That's expensive. And so through the summer, I mean, I, I, I guess I wasn't really working towards the goal of teeth. I got put in the garden almost right away. <laughs> that was my niche. I, I love being out in the garden. Um, it wasn't work to me. I had fun, especially the more, as soon as we got bigger and bigger and bigger numbers that we had donated, or, you know, every time you take food to the rock, you weigh it and you see the weight numbers going up and up and up. And I was like, nice, nice. Um, and I this a few months ago. Uh, Brian had come out and talked to me in the garden, and he goes, uh, so I talked to John about those teeth, and I'd almost really forgot about it, you know. I was just in a zone out there. And he goes, so you got a review coming up soon, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, make sure you talk to John about that. And I did. And uh, here in about two and a half weeks now, I will have new teeth. A smile. <laughs> so pretty stoked about that. Awesome. Pretty stoked. I made John a, a deal that I would, I would be clean shaved for a while with my new teeth, so that everybody could see them. <laughs> what have been some of the highlights of your stay here? Uh, I would say some of the, some of the highlights. Gosh, there's, the garden has been one of the biggest highlights for me. I mean. Because I got here just in time. I mean, there was it was all it was all brand new still, with just little sprouts, you know. And um, I knew about gardening, but not vegetables. Um, yeah. And when they asked me, I'm like, "Well, I I know about gardening." And I told them, and they're like, "Well, it's about the same thing." But I've learned so much, so much. I studied the um, Oregon, the college, college of Oregon, or Oregon College, uh, OSU. Is that Oregon State? Yeah, Oregon State's Master, Master Gardener program. Um, I feel like I'd be proficient now to actually take the test. When I first got the manual from Anthony, I was like, I don't even understand half the words in here, <laughs> especially when you put them together like that. Um, that, by, I think, by far has been one of my biggest highlights. 
uh, when the garden started dying down, uh, they asked me to become an RA again. I was RA last time I was here. Last time I was here, though, I looked at it as a job. Um, and this time, I've taken, I think, a different approach to where I'm, I'm more into the residents as far as helping them progress. Um, and every time I see a positive in one of the residents that's from either me telling a story of my demise or my success or either whatever the case may be, it makes my heart happy. So, um, What would you say has helped you the most this time? I think what's helped me the most the most is the structure, you know, um, just, just the stru all the structure from getting up at the same time every day, uh, making our bed in the morning, you know, the, even the little things, um, because when you're out on the street, you kind of lose that completely. You just get up and when you want or do what you want whenever you want and go pee wherever you want to, you know what I mean? And um, For me, the more structure that I have, <clears throat> the more I'm able to progress mentally, you know, and, and, and I realize that the, as a, you're supposed to be able to structure yourself, but I'm not obviously that good at that. And, and really just the overall camaraderie, like within the building, I mean, it's positive. I mean, you see a few bad things, but when you're around, even if it's only half of the group that's in the building, if, they're, they're, if you're around the positive and the people that are moving forward and it makes you want to move forward and then you're making other people want to move forward. It just, I, I like, that seems to be what's helped me the most, I would say. So what does your future look like? Uh, I still have enough years left that I can work and get another, get a pension. Yeah. So and, um, that's one thing that I've learned that has been pointed out to me many times over is I have what it takes up here to succeed. And that's kind of who I am. I like to succeed. Um, so yeah, I want to get into something. If, if it's in telecom, that would be ideal. But to get into it here while I'm here, I, whether I go to the Hope House from here or whatever, but as long as I still can have a little support while I'm getting started, I see myself getting locked into a company and for the next 20 years. And I'll be right at retirement age at that point, 65. Um, then I'll have my social security built up, plus I'll, I'll, I'll have the pension that I was working hard to get when I worked for AT&T and kind of failed on that one. So I think I can do it. What would you say to someone who is out on the street or in a homeless camp and who needs the mission? What I'd say to somebody out there on the streets that, is is really don't knock it till you try it give it a chance because the first 30 days might be a little difficult as far as going from no structure to 
a lot of structure. But once you get settled in and you see the good things that come out of it, just, then just from sobriety alone and having other people that are happen to stay sober too and working together, getting into a community, just like a homeless camp is a community, but everybody in that community is drinking or smoking pot or they're doing this or they're, you know what I mean? So you, that, that you're in that community and that's how you stay. So I would tell, say, you know, at least give it a shot. You know, come in and try it. It's worked for me. It's working for me currently, you know. Um, if, as, as I graduate from the program, if I was to go out and um, advertise the mission, um, I would be able to explain where I was before I got to the mission and where I'm at now. Um, I would encourage it highly. Even like last time I said, I wasn't, it took me a minute to come but re rebuild the idea of a relationship with the Lord. Um, it still helped me last time. Maybe it takes a couple times, but it still helped me. Where I got from where I was last time when I came in here was a huge step in the right direction. And yeah, I failed, but I'm back now. <laughs> um, I would encourage it greatly. All right. I think that's it. Unless uh, you have anything else you want to say? Any shout outs? Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for. Thanks for seeing through the fog and knowing what was in there for me. And thank you so much for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed hearing Asa's story. A few weeks after shooting the interview with Asa, he got his new teeth. He also made good on the promise to shave so that he could show off his new smile. And if you want to see the transformation yourself, I would encourage you to take a look at the video version of this podcast. And you can find that at grantspassmission.org or on the Grants Pass Gospel Rescue Mission YouTube channel. From all of us here at the mission, thank you again for listening, and thank you for your continued support.